You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Come on. I, I just, I could get sucked into that all day, nonstop. Um, I want to get to it. We're going to pray uh, again. We're going to pray with people tonight. Uh, but my message has two points, and it's pretty simple tonight because uh, I want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to move. And the title of my message is Hell No. Come on. Come on. Hell No. And I know that's a little provocative. If you come from a, like a religious background, maybe it, you're like, oh, it should say H-E double hockey sticks. No. But, <laughs> but I'm using it in the proper term. I just felt like God said to me, it's time for people to say no to the hell in their life. And, I, and, and, and it's time for us to say no to where the enemy has set up camp. And that's what I want to talk about real quick as we, uh, as we enjoy tonight. See, the devil is sneaky. He tries to set up camps in our life strongholds, places where he's got that thing pretty much on lockdown. And then from that point, strategically, he'll begin to advance. But, but his best work isn't done with like, oh, I can't find my car keys. I'm running late, you know, and you, you know, or man, it just feels like all this stuff's coming against me. You know, when we, and I, don't get me wrong, the devil can come against us, but his finest work is done when he camps on the inside. And I want to just talk real quickly how he does that, where he does that, and then what God intended to do with that. So the devil tried to set up camps at the points of our greatest pain. That's where he can get in and actually establish a camp. And I find this, you know, as, as I've been a pastor, uh, geez, since I was like, 18, 17, I was a youth pastor, I've been a young adults pastor, now I'm a big person pastor, if you want to call it that, but, um, but I've learned this over years that when you really get to know somebody and you really get to that at the point of greatest pain is where the devil likes to build a camp within the walls. And we, we you know, we all kind of know this, but the funny thing is, is that so many people because what happens is that when, when, how he can work that out is that at our point of pain to protect ourselves, we often establish building a wall around that. And the problem is that our wall has given him a place where he can hide. And, and so I'll give you an example of, you know, when, if you grew up and you had massive rejection from one of your parents... And in order to cope with that, what we'll do is we'll build a wall where we don't put ourselves in a situation where we can be rejected. I.e., if we get even the hint of somebody's going to reject us, we push them away really fast. We reject them first. We build this wall, but then in that wall, the enemy can build a camp. Because here's the truth. This is my point number one. The point of isolation is where the devil camps. Any area where we are, how we have chosen to isolate, 
meaning we don't want anyone getting in our business. I'm not going to let my connect leader go there. And if you get too close to it, you know, I'll bite you. It's like I'm triggered. Boom. (sighs) You know, and we've all had that with our friends, right? So if you have like your best friend, we just kind of know with like our best bros, like, oh, don't go there. Right. Oh, don't, don't tease him about his mom or whatever. Don't say that. You know, whatever it is, we know our friends little triggers, um, and it's the area that you, don't, you desperately don't want anyone to get involved in. The area of isolation is where the devil can build the stronghold. And I talked last Sunday about here at Awaken, we have a discipleship culture. So part of that discipleship culture is, you know, we want to love you and keep loving all of you. And when we find that little place where you've said, that's off limits from anyone, we're going to love our way right through that wall. We're going to love our way right into there and let you know. Because it begins to become isolated. The enemy can move in there. So anything that you can't basically use as a testimony, I'll, I'll, I've, I've learned it like this. If I'm not able at a beat of an instant to share a testimony about that area, it's probably an area I need to go do a little, uh, you know, a little look under the hood and get with another person and go, because I don't feel safe to share. I don't feel safe to share. It is in isolation. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5.8 that the devil roams around like a lion seeking who are going to devour. Now, if you st- I love animal shows. That's like actually kind of my like decompression. I will just watch animal shows. Um, I just hate that they're always about global warming. But, but when they're just talking about the animals, I love that part. And and I, I think lions are fascinating, but if you know anything about lions, how they work is that the pack will try to isolate, they, they, the, her, or the pack of lions will try to isolate someone out of the herd, preferably somebody slightly wounded or weak. The weaker, the more vulnerable. And so that's how a lion hunts, and that's how the enemy hunts in our own life. He'll just wait for that hurt that festers, begins to get a little bitter, and then it's like, it's just catnip for the devil. He just likes to get in there. I don't like to give him a lot of credit, so we're going to get off of him in a minute, but I just want to point out that in isolation is where the devil camps, and then from there, um, when we get isolated, that's where our unhealthy appetites begin to grow. Proverbs 18.1 says it like this. Do we have that one? A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against wise judgment. You know what you'll never, this is an extreme example, but you know what you never hear on the news? People find out that their, like, neighbor or somebody's a serial killer, and you never hear, like, oh, man, they were the most social, outgoing, friendly person. It's always the same story. It's always the same story. Oh, yeah, it was just real quiet. Just never really talked to anybody. See, it's in isolation, and this is a, that's an extreme example, but it's in isolation <laughs> that, that, you know, you need friends in your life. You need friends in your life when you say something, they go, hey, uh, bro, that's weird. You know, like that, that serial killer needed someone when he said, you know, I'm just thinking about, like, trying on someone's skin. They needed a friend to go, no, that's really weird, man. And you need to go to counseling right now, okay? We, in isolation, those unhealthy things grow. And guess what happens then? We start, occasionally we realize, ooh, this isn't too healthy. So what do we do? We isolate even more. And so that's how the enemy begins to pull us down at our point of pain. Now I want to talk about the king of kings 
because he has a plan for the point of pain too. And so uh, point number two, the point of restoration is where the Holy Spirit will begin to camp. The point of restoration is where the Holy Spirit will camp. And this, Jesus, help me communicate this well. Whatever area where the devil has tried to wreak the most havoc in your life can become the area where you are most anointed and most able and most powerful to bring freedom and ministry and help to the people of God in your life. It is that area where the Holy Spirit will pull forth anointing. One of the most powerful prophetic things I've ever seen is we got to go to Israel with this beautiful couple right here and had a great time with them. But when we went to the garden of the tomb and there's two, theoretically two places they think Jesus was buried. I'm going to tell you right now, if you go to the garden tomb, you're like, this is the place. You're like a hunter. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You're like, yeah, this is the place. Um, but what's so amazing about this garden is that you see the tomb, which obviously, you know, my eyes were sweating nonstop. So powerful. But directly as you walk out of the tomb, the first thing you see is a wine press. It's a wine press. And the Bible uses this metaphor with olive oil and oil's anointing. It uses it with fresh wine and new wine. But the point is always this in the Bible is that that, that point of the greatest grind, the greatest pain, when you crush something, that's when the oil comes out. And oil is anointing. And so as, as I've talked to people and been getting to know people and just loving the people here, why I feel like it's a family night tonight, Awaken Church, is because God wanted to sit down and say, that point that you think is your greatest disqualifier is the point when my power, my resurrection power falls, will be the point of your anointing. It'll be where the wine flows from. It'll be where the wine flows from. And the reason I titled this message, Hell No, is because it is time for all of us to take that area that we, we are tempted to put into isolation. We can bring the keys up, too, because I'm going to be wrapping it up here. Um, the point that you are tempted to have isolation and to begin to allow the Holy Spirit in Christian community to begin to take down the walls and let the, let the begin the oil to begin to flow out of that. I, I do not know a mighty man or woman of God, and I will say that it's just by God's blessing, like my wife used to take care of all the guest speakers, so I've gotten to meet some very amazing people in the Christian community. And almost unanimously, I don't know a powerful person operating in the power of God who isn't drawing from a point, a place of pain that was where that anointing birthed. And the devil's so sneaky because here's his greatest fear. His greatest fear is that you would realize that if you'll let Jesus and his church touch that area, that that'll be the point of your anointing and power best story I can picture, I can use to explain this in the Bible is the story of David with Goliath. 
You read in 1 Samuel, you know, we all know the first part of the story. David walks up and Goliath begins to taunt, begins to yell. He's the champion of the enemy. Isn't it funny that once Goliath was struck, like this army talked a lot of talk, but once that one thing was removed, it says that they ran like little babies and the Israelites just dominated them. But they were scared because of the taunting of that one, that one, you know, the Israel army. What my point is, is that army could have took took out Goliath and the rest. If they all just said, you know what? No, we're not going to do this one-on-one thing. We're just going to take you out because we're, we're a massive nation of people that have been forged for 400 years. We're pretty strong. We're pretty tough. If they would have known who they were, that whole thing wouldn't have been a story. They wouldn't have needed David. But they didn't know who they were. And so that one person, no matter how tall he was, was able to make an army of thousands and thousands of men cower. But all it took was the tipping point of that. And so David takes out Goliath. We all know that story. And the, the great part about that story is that The stone obviously knocked him over, but it says, if you read it, that he went up and took the very sword that the enemy was going to use to kill him, the very thing that the enemy targeted against him, and he picked it up, and that's what he cut off that giant's head with. But it gets better. It gets better. Because if you go a little further into 1 Samuel 21, I think it's verse 9, you read that now David has a new battle. The king that he basically helped out and, you know, defeated an army for him is now on on the hunt trying to kill him. And he's running and he, he had to run away so fast. He had no weapons, no food, no anything. So he goes to the house of God. It's a great metaphor right there. He goes to a temple and he says, do you have any food? They give him some food. And then he, he asks this audacious question. He says, uh, do you have any weapons? The priest goes, we only have one. And you're familiar with it. It's the sword that you killed Goliath with. It's in the back. And once again, David goes to the thing that was meant to kill him, pulls it out, and that becomes his weapon to defend himself, to fight back and take back the ground he has taken. Obviously, the story ends great. He ends up being king. My point is this, is that the thing that the enemy tried to take you out with, that point of greatest pain, when given to God in the house of God, you will find that it becomes the very weapon becomes the place where you will be able to do some of your mightiest feats for the king. And so tonight, uh, I'm going to ask our pastors to come up to the front. And I want to do, take some time to do some, allow Jesus to do what he wanted to do with the family time tonight. And if you have that area, and I know this can be emotional. I mean, I'm not talking about small things. Just know that. I know I'm using metaphors like swords and all that, but I've been a pastor a long time. I know that that some of these areas are incredibly hurtful and incredibly dark what happened to you. But tonight, God wants to say, if you will just bring that to me, lay it on the cross, it'll become, begin to become the point of your greatest strength. And I want to bring a caveat here that does not make what happened to you right, good, or justified, or that God planned it. God, I said earlier, God didn't plan on Goliath being there. If the people knew who they were, that wouldn't have been a thing. It wouldn't even be a story. They wouldn't have needed the king 
because they were already called. But you know what? We live in a fallen, broken world and fallen, broken people do horrible things. But where somebody else maybe did something horrible to you can become the wine press where so much good will flow out. And you'll be able to look at that thing and never say that that was okay or good, but always be able to say, thank you, God, for what you turned this into. What once was a crater in my life and I thought would cripple me or disqualify me, you have now put brick around and made a wine press where I can love and minister and, and bring healing to other people. You'll never like the crater, but you'll always love the oil that comes from it. And that's what God wants to do tonight. So, um, our ministry team, our pastors, would you guys come up to the front? Kaylin's going to continue to play this beautiful song. I'm going to pray a corporate prayer over us. And, you know, um, ladies, you can go to the ladies. Men, you can go to the men. This isn't necessarily tell you the whole life story, but it is just a time where you can come forward and say, uh, and they will pray with you over that thing that you have isolated. So the point of when restoration power comes in is when it's no longer an isolation, but it is a, a place of just being open. So what that, I'll let the Holy Spirit reveal what the thing is, but what you're going to come up here to do today is say, I have felt this qualified or I was hurt in this area and I want God to take away the hurt and the shame and the guilt or whatever that is and I'm ready for him to replace it and make it the point of his restoration power coming in and I'm not going to feel like I have to hide anymore I'm not going to feel like I have to hide anymore because isolation is where the devil does his work but restoration comes from just beginning to break down that isolation so God tonight as we get ready just to pray and allow you to minister we thank you that your spirit is here. And for some people, this might be a little bit emotional of a moment, but your Holy Spirit is here. You're the comforter. And so fear, I cast you out right now. I cast you out. And there is no need to be afraid to come up and get prayer because this is the place of healing. God didn't bring you here to bring up pain for no reason. He brought you here to tear down the walls, kick out the devil, and turn that crater into a wine press, a place where the oil flows. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.